Matt Overton, long snapper, has played with four teams in five years, but most recently the Cowboys, and has now survived a decade in the NFL, is a free agent heading into the new league year. Matt, what has this year been like for you with Dallas? Kind of picking up and moving and starting again in your career. Oh, it's been great. I mean, there's challenges because of, you know, the uncertainty of things. Um, but I'm I'm pretty familiar with being a free agent these past, I mean, like four years now. So I've been on, on four different teams uh, in, in four years. So I went from Jacksonville and, and then I went to the Titans during COVID, um, then the Chargers, and then this year. Uh, made my way to Dallas as a cowboy, and so um, the unknown is is difficult, especially when you have a wife and kids now, and it's not as easy just to pick up and go. But um, it, it's been a blessing to go everywhere we've been, and this this year was uh, uh, just really special because you know being a Dallas Cowboy is is just a, an iconic uh, place to play, and um, my experience there was was great, and we had a great run this year. So um, yeah, this this season was definitely special. I'm glad you said that because I was talking about LeBron setting the NBA's all-time scoring record on my show. I was saying with the Lakers, it's just different. There's some franchises that they have such an iconic tradition. There's a different buzz around them. And that certainly applies to the Cowboys. So, yes, what's different about being a Cowboy, Matt? I mean, there's a lot. And I think it starts with just the rich history. You know, you go back to – you know, the Tom Landry days and, and then you, you you talk about Jerry Jones coming in the mix and, and you know, how he got the team and um, obviously, you know, the nineties when they were winning all the Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff and and uh, and now at this point it's just um, you know, every year it seems like uh, the Cowboys are always in conversation, you know, good or bad. And and, you know, the media always loves to spotlight the Cowboys. Um, and it's it you know, they coined America's team and and the fan base is incredible. And so, you know, as a young kid growing up, I'm, you know, I'm a diehard Diners fan. So I despise the <laughs> Cowboys, you know, every single year. So, you know, growing up, I always had that uh, profound respect for the Cowboys just because they're always a tough team and, you know, always competing for, for a title. And, and uh, it just, one of, again, one of those iconic franchises. And I, I just kind of equated like, like playing for the Yankees, you know. And, and so going there as a player – um, I mean, just my respect for what Jerry has done um, has grown tremendously and just get, getting to meet him and see him operate firsthand and, and what he provides us players and the resources he gives and, you know, Jerry's world and the star and Frisco and, and our stadium. I mean, it's, it's all top notch. And, you know, I've, I've played for, you know, Indianapolis for a handful of years and, you know, that's, that's a historic franchise as well. And the Ursa family is tremendous, but, you know, when it comes to Jerry and, and the Jones family and what they, you know, provide us as a, as a player and, and, you know, coaches and our families, it's definitely taking it up a few notches. And, <laughs> and uh, it's really, really cool. Just the amenities and, and just, uh, um, like you said, the buzz around the team always. And, and when we travel, it seems like, you know, we're playing at home sometimes on the road. <laughs> and it's just really, really cool just to, play for such a uh, an incredible organization and, and uh, a great fan base. Before you got to the Cowboys, did you believe what you hear about the franchise? Or is it one of those situations where you think it must be hyped up? It can't really be that good or really be that different? 
Well, yeah, I mean, when it comes from like a facility standpoint and, and just what they provide the amenities uh, for players, it's it's definitely the best that I've been around. And I, I spent some time in Seattle, and their facility is really, really nice. And I know there's a handful of, of other organizations that really have, you know, roll out the red carpet for their guys. But, you know, this place is, I mean, when I got there and, you know, stayed at the Omni that's attached to the star and our facility and the indoor and, and I mean, it's like walking into a, a hotel lobby when you get to um, you, the player facility and, and the locker room and just everything that they provide is, is definitely been the best in that regard. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, there's always uh, when you're an outsider looking in, it always seems to be some like drama floating around the <laughs> Cowboys. Yes. And I we experienced that this year. It's like the OBJ, you know, is he coming? Is he not? That was kind of a little... Uh, it seems like it was two months straight of non nonstop talk of Odell and when he's visiting and, you know, obviously he's courtside with, you know, uh, Michael Parsons at the Mavs game and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, I get it. You know, I, I, I see it firsthand now. And, but I've also seen, you know, the way Jerry handles himself. Um, he's with us all the time at practice on the road in the locker room. Um, and uh, I mean, he's such a down to earth guy. So I think, what 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 I learned and got to experience is you know you think of Jerry Jones as this larger than life personality and he's really one of the faces of you know the NFL and sure. and um, meeting him in person he couldn't be a nicer guy like just down to earth and knows literally knows everybody on the roster at all times and um, it, it's just incredible just to see the passion he has for not just his team but for the league in, itself and and for the game and so. Now that I've got to see, uh, you know, and meet Jerry uh, up close in person and uh, see how he operates, I think that's uh, been something eye-opening for me. We're spending a few minutes with Matt Overton, who is a long snapper in the NFL now, 10 years. Does that make you feel old, a 10-year vet of the NFL? Well, yeah, when these when these uh, rookies are born in 2002, uh, yes, I, I definitely feel old because I was graduating high school when they were born. So, yes, it does make me feel old. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. What are you looking for? What are you hoping for, I guess, in 23? I mean, I'm just hoping to play again. And every year it's it's uh, it's kind of been like, uh, let's go back to the drawing board. And, and, hmm. and not to say that there may not be an opportunity with Dallas, but, you know, it's uh, I kind of prepare myself as as if, you know, I'm going to be that free agent guy. And, and you know, I kind of, you know, tell my, my agent and my family, it's like, you know, the role that I have now later in my career, um, about my position, I've kind of become that emergency long snapper guy. And I'm okay with that. I really am. Uh, um, I feel like I've uh, proven to uh, these teams that, you know, if there is an emergency, whether it's by injury or um, not performing well, that I could be that guy to come in and, and, and play and, and help a team win. And so um, I would love to go back of course, and, and, and have some continuity with the team. But it's also kind of exciting to think of the possibilities of maybe I'll go somewhere else and, hmm. you know, get to be a part of another historical franchise and meet, meet other guys that I never would get to meet or play with and, and uh, my family can experience another, another city. So there's pros and cons, but, you know, I think just stay optimistic in the moment. And I love kind of being against the odds and and uh i know god's got a, a greater plan than i can ever think of so um i'm excited for what the future holds for sure do you have to get a real estate license in every state where you move 
Uh, no, I've only I've <laughs> only done that two places, and and that's that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, it keeps me busy. I was going to say, how does a person have time to not only manage an NFL career and what comes with potentially moving? And, and as you say, you've done that now the past few years, plus a family and a podcast and a brand and sell real estate. In 2019, I kind of dove headfirst into the real estate and did really well. I, was like, I sat out pretty much the entire season of 2019. And, and uh, so I was able to get my license in Indiana and I loved it. I, I think it's a great thing for guys to have um, just because of the, the network circle that we have as players and, and the guys that we get to meet and the people we get to meet. Um, uh, that's kind of the perk of, of our profession is, is meeting a lot of people and yes. the influence that you have. So I, I, I felt like I got lucky there and, and Indianapolis was home to me for about eight years. So um, being an agent in that market was really, really good and then moved to Nashville and got my license here when I played for the Titans, and that's been good too. So I've been utilizing that, whether it's <laughs> helping people relocate um, and uh, even helping some teammates and their families. Um, so it, it's it's very very part time, um, but uh, it, it is fun to have, and and um, it's real estate something that I, I really do love, whether I'm licensed or not, and and uh, it's been a nice little fallback, and you know it, I kind of just use this as an example for guys hey you just have something to fall back on and that's where you know this comes into play for me and podcasting and building a brand too so uh you know football doesn't last forever and and uh you know just kind of have to utilize the platform that you have at the moment and and hopefully it'll it'll propel you to you know greater things afterwards well, I have an accounting degree, and early in my radio career, I had to use it to pay the bills. So it is definitely smart to have other skills that you can use to get a job because you never know how long the career will go and when it might definitely. come to an end, as you point out. Uh, so, Matt, what would you say was the best game, the highest point, the coolest moment with the team this season? I mean, there was definitely a handful. You know, I joined the team like week five, um, you know, three quarters of the season I was with them. and. And, um, it, gosh, it goes by so fast, you know. And so I'd have to say, you know, some of the high points for us this year was, you know, going on the road against Minnesota and, like, completely just blowing the doors off them. And yeah. it was kind of like one of those games where it's just like, gosh, dang, we're rolling. I, I don't. I think the score was like 41-3 to three or something like that. I mean, it was like an incredible road victory because that's such a p- tough place to play. And Minnesota at the time was kind of on a hot streak, you know. So, it was one of those games where, like, man, we felt pretty good about ourselves going to the locker room and that, that flight home, that game. Um, you know, and then we had another uh, home home victory against the Eagles on uh, Christmas Eve. That was a huge, huge one for us. And the road game, obviously, in Tampa Bay in the playoffs and because it, it had been, like, 30 years since whatever it was since the Cowboys had won on the road in the playoffs. And right. only 10 of us on the team were even alive during that time. So it's like, <laughs> obviously, that, yeah, that pressure was, was on. Uh, but we got that big road victory, and, and it just so happened to be Tom Brady's last game, you know, that we think. You know, we don't know if he's going to come back or not, but it <laughs> sounds like he won't. So, I mean, there's particular games where personally I felt like I played pretty well or or our kicker, Brett Maher, you know, had a great game or our punter, Brian Anger, had a great game or our special teams had a great game. So, But as a team, I think, you know, those road victories always seem to um, mean a little bit more just because it's special. To, it's hard to win on the road. and and then you get to enjoy it on the way back on the flight home. So um, those are some of the high points for sure. 
Okay, I swear to you, I was not going to bring up Brett. I wasn't going to bring up the game that really it, it captivated the NFL, even more so than the results, the game in which he missed the extra points. It happens, right? It's sports. Nothing's automatic. But what was happening on the sidelines or what was happening with Brett? I mean, it's just one of those things where I like, kind of just equate it to, you know, just a professional golfer just not having a, a great day on the course. I don't know, like. We all have those days, and, and I, I never want to act like I know, you know, how, you know, to diagnose his kicking because I know nothing about kicking, um, <laughs> even though I'm with him all the time. Uh, the only thing that I, I know what to do is just to support my guys no matter what because they do it for me. And uh, the team rallied around him, man. I mean, I, mm-hmm. everyone obviously knew that he was just going through a whirlwind of an experience and, and – uh Man, he owned it like a true professional, and and whether it was with the media or just how he handled himself the week after, and and you know the week in practice and the next game, and and uh, yeah, it's just one of those crazy, crazy fluke games where it's just like, gosh dang, just for whatever reason, the ball just wasn't going through the uprights, you know, and and uh, it wasn't like he wasn't kicking the ball well. The ball was, you know, seemed to leave his foot really, really well. It just wasn't going through, so. Um, I mean, I my I commend Brett for you know everything they gone through in that game because up to that point he'd had a stellar season and right. I think that's what really stinks about the situation is people overlook the fact that you know he really did have a Pro Bowl caliber season and when you can only select two kickers one from the NFC and one from the AFC for Pro Bowl um, it's it's unfortunate because Brett deserved the acknowledgement of of getting Pro Bowl this year because he deserved it. He he's a true pro, and I, I have so much respect for Brett and everything that he's uh, done for the team. And it was a, it was an honor playing with him. But that situation stunk, and and we moved on from it. And sure. uh, he bounced back, and you know that's just gotta this how it goes sometimes. And everyone goes through it. I mean, from quarterback on to the, down to the kicker, everyone uh, goes through it. And and unfortunately, at our position, sometimes you're under the microscope or the spotlight ten times because you're almost. Uh, uh, expected to to make your kick every time. It's a, a crazy thing, and and you know Brett will be better for it. I think what impressed me the most is, as you say, everyone was supporting him. Nobody was ripping on him. Recognizing, I, I think even Dak said, "Heck, I had you know two interceptions, played like crap the week before that Buccaneers playoff game." But also, there was no knee jerk to cut him. Uh, also, a sign yeah. of an organization where there's strong leadership. Definitely. So then going into the Niners game, you mentioned that you grew up being a Niners fan. What was that like for you to be there and to, to be part of a Cowboys playoff game against San Francisco? Uh, it was incredible. Like, that would be one of my, you know, obviously we didn't win the game, so the result wasn't that I wouldn't put that in my top uh, uh, five, you know, experiences with the team this year. Um, it would have been. It would have been number one for sure <laughs> um, outside if we didn't win the Super Bowl. Because just for me personally, just being from the Bay Area, growing up as a Niners fan, like I, I played it, I played the Candlestick, so I never played at Levi. It was my first time at Levi, and and you know having a ton of friends and family in the stands, and you know just kind of everyone watching, and all and everyone's a Niner fan, all my me and my family and friends. So there was <laughs> nobody, you know, out you know wearing cowboy stuff to the games or anything like that. So it was kind of cool. Like I was upset, like hey man, you gotta put the you had to put the Navy on, you know, and put that star on just for one game. But my, my family and friends are diehard. So, you know, they were rooting for me and they wanted me to play well. And, uh, but they wanted, to, they were rooting for the Niners. So it was just cool. Just because the, the environment's hostile. Um, 
you know, and uh, it's just that rival. Growing up watching the Niners and Cowboys play, like it seemed like every year they were battling in the NFC uh, Championship to go to the Super Bowl, and and uh, so to be to kind of relive that as a player, especially on the road, was really special. And and I'll never forget that game. And and gosh, I, I hope uh, that one stung, and I hope we get another chance to uh, meet again. Matt Overton is a longtime NFL long snapper, now a decade in the league, most recently with the Cowboys. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We had a unique situation around DeMar Hamlin. For me, it felt like, Matt, from the outside, that the NFL really ground to a halt, which never happens. This is a behemoth of a league. It's become year-round. It's all-consuming. But those couple days while we were waiting for some news about Tamar and he was in the hospital, it seemed like everything really stopped. And a bunch of players, Josh Allen even from the Bills, coming out talking about how the conversations in the locker room had changed. And it was a lot more about what it means to play a game where sometimes your life can be on the line. And then he also spoke about faith and about mental health. So I'm wondering, in your locker room and the conversations that you had with people, how players in Dallas that you worked with were looking at that situation from the outside and processing some of those same reactions and anxieties? I know there was definitely a deep concern for his health and well-being. And and obviously, you know, that game was on Monday night. So like Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday were just kind of very somber and not knowing the status of DeMar and, and obviously – you know, when we're we're watching on TV, there's not a lot that we're being told, and you know we can't see certain things, and and obviously there's something seriously happening because the you know, the, the game is done, and all the players on the field taking a knee, praying, people are crying, you know the the entire you know s- stadium is silent, and right. and so there was just that that just weird like 24 hour period where yeah like every everyone just kind of paused and you know, football went to the wayside. You know, even when we came into our first team meeting, it was like that first thing we talked about was DeMar and the situation and just praying for him and praying for the Buffalo Bills and, you know, the Bengals and everyone that was there to experience that. So I I would have to say that our experience is obviously not the same as what those guys um, on the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals experienced because they were there. um, But there was certainly a, a few days where it just seemed like everything just moved slower and football wasn't, a priority and and there was like a lack of energy kind of going into the last week and hmm. I would have to assume that most of the league felt that um, just because everyone was concerned and as the good news continued for Demar and his progress I think that's kind of when you know everyone took a deep breath and you know we heard that he was on FaceTime with his teammates and and mm-hmm. what an incredible uh, testimony that that can be shared and and uh, the power of prayer is real and and it was really cool to to hear guys who probably normally wouldn't talk about faith or praying. And, and they were actually talking about that in, in press conferences and, and then right. you know, just sharing, sharing their beliefs and, and their faith, which was incredible. And so um, I have no doubt that DeMar is going to use his testimony to do so much good. And um, it's, it's incredible to, to see how really just humanity came together and people supported his charity and, and uh, the, the NFL just banded together very very scary situation and you know when it all you know came through it just was kind of a just a beautiful display of humanity and coming together and supporting somebody who needed us how does your faith help you when you don't know about the future what's coming next even if your career continues i wouldn't have made it this far 
in in my professional career um, without my faith. I mean, it start it it goes way way back to college. You know, just coming from a small Division two school and not a, a lot of interest uh, from NFL teams. Obviously, not going to a combine, not having the exposure, not not having uh, you know the NFL knocking on Western Washington's door to come you know <laughs> scout us. You know, so. I mean, the odds were stacked against me, and, and just through faith and perseverance, and just believing in my abilities. I mean, God took me in incredible places. Whether it's you know the United Football League, I three years there, and Arena Ball, and made my way to the NFL with Indianapolis my first year, and and uh, so yeah, there's just been so many uh, crazy, wild experiences in this journey, and that started what seems a long, long time ago, and and. Uh, uh, but it's been incredible to see, you know, God being faithful through the entire process and whether a door closes or whether a door opens. I mean, he's he's just always exceeded my expectations. And as I've grown as a believer, just using my platform as a disciple in, in that locker room and and uh, knowing that my purpose is, is much more greater than being a football player. And, and so just trying to have that mindset and, and the humility every time. Uh, has been been key for me. You know, I love playing football. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I know I know that I'm not here just to snap a football. You know, I'm here to uh, you know be in a shining light in the locker room, and and uh, and that's where I think being on a new team every year is cool because now I can I can be a, a disciple on a new team and and reach people and meet people and grow with people that I, I normally would have meet if I just stayed on the one team. So it's been incredible to see just how things have unfolded and. My family has been a tremendous support. My wife and my daughter and, and my parents and grandparents have been super supportive through this entire journey, and it's been really cool to share it with them. Matt Overton is with us here after hours on CBS Sports Radio. To kind of dovetail off of that, Matt, you have coined Stay Ready as your motto and your brand. What does that mean for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, five consecutive years with the Colts and then, kind of got sideswiped as far as getting released abruptly in, in the spring of 2017. And, you know, it's kind of when I had that uh, kind of awakening moment in my career where I was like, man, like I need to, I need a man up. I need to get better. I need to, you know, stay ready for the next opportunity. And that's, it kind of just derived from preparing and, and being a free agent and like staying ready for the opportunity or the call when it hopefully comes you know, but then it's it's just evolved over the years into more of like a faith-based type mentality, and it's just you know staying ready for God's divine appointments. You know, whether like I said, whether that's a door closing or whether that's a door opening, and just being ready and willing to serve and help others. And so it's turned into like this little personal brand that I have, and, and, and into a podcast, and <laughs> and I, I love sharing my testimony, and and so the podcast has really just been mainly about that, like bringing people on that have incredible stories and testimony that many fans may not get to hear because they're not the star player, you know, and everyone has a unique journey to the NFL. Not everyone's a first round draft pick. Not everyone's from an SEC school. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to share those stories of guys who have come from, you know, nothing and have, have made their way to, you know, making their dreams come true, but have also been, you know, faithful and, and uh, sharing their faith along the way. And, And so it's been just a really cool, thing that's evolved from really just kind of a, a little hashtag on Twitter, you know, <laughs> five or six years ago. So it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a, a really good way for me to connect with people. And even these young guys, I, I, I get the opportunity to help and train and work with like young middle schoolers and high schools and college players and, and free agents who are long snappers or 
who have aspirations to play and, and uh, I love helping them. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, you got to stay ready. You know, no matter if you're an eighth grader or going in your senior year in college, you know, just uh, staying ready for these opportunities and being ready and, and willing to help others along the way. I saw that you posted a photo as you get set to launch into season two of your podcast. What can people expect to start out season two? Well, season one was filmed and recorded in my garage. So I think season... Uh, uh, <laughs> Love it. So we started very organically. Very, We had no idea what we were doing. We just kind of just pushed record, you know, got the cameras going, and we <laughs> just kind of went off. But it took some time. So we didn't start until May of last year. Uh, this year, we're a few a few months ahead. So season two, we're actually in a, a professional studio. We got editing. We got producing. We got, nice. we got everything kind of dialed in. So I, I would have to say that, like, we're already starting in a better trend. Um, our mics are going to work this time and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's just those learning, you know, the space and learning how to actually do something professional because I'm uh, I, I need things to look right sound right and I'm very happy with the with the way that we're going and the guests we'll have on this year I mean I'm gonna have more teammates more you know of my peers in the NFL the the resources and, and just the the um, community here in Nashville we have you know country artists coming on so nice. it's just the reach we have here in Nashville is is really special because there's so many talented people right here downtown nashville and it's a hub for guys training in the off season too so season two is just going to be really really cool with uh the the types of uh, of individuals we'll have on this year mm. so matt before i let you go you can laugh at me if you want i do not know the first thing about long snapping but you mentioned working with kids youth who are interested in making that their craft where do you start? What do you tell kids or youth about the keys to a successful long snap? Well, I guess if you can throw the ball overhand, you can try to learn to throw it upside down. So, <laughs> I mean, I truly believe that I was you know, God gifted me this ability to do it because um, not a lot of people can do it. And and I think the trend is 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 slowly going up with you know special teams and being a kicker, punter, or snapper because now there's opportunities for scholarships and all that kind of stuff. So yes, uh, and ho- and hopefully we make the we make the position the position cool, you know, and and uh, so that's what I like <laughs> to uh, show with these young guys that hey man, if you're a young guy and maybe this is your way to play varsity football or maybe this is the way that you make a team. I was never the biggest, fastest, strongest guy on my teams and. Luckily for long snapping, that was my ticket to a professional career. So everyone has a different ability, and and uh, I'm just there to help them in any way. And and uh, you know it's it's pretty incredible to see you put a little work into it, and you can be pretty good. So um, my encouragement is just guys just need to stick with it and be consistent and actually practice. And uh, most guys will be surprised with how good they they can become if they just put their mind to it and, and actually put the time in. Sometimes these kids, they do it for the first time. They think it looks easy, and, and uh, they get humbled pretty quick, you know. So um, it, it's fun. It sounds like. Gotten you 10 years into the NFL. So you can find Matt on Twitter at Matt Overton, O-V-E-R-T-O-N, underscore L-S for long snapper. Uh, but he's also a licensed real estate agent, and he's got a Stay Ready brand and podcast. So make sure you check it out. You're welcome on our show anytime. It's great to connect with you. Thank you so much. And hope that you will land somewhere again, whether it's the Cowboys or another team, and you can take your influence and your impact to a new city. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a, been a pleasure being on your show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.